0: Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 725 for release on Sunday, January fifteenth, two 2023. On WaveScan today... The Nepal Earthquake, the current radio scene in Nepal. Aramco Radio in Saudi Arabia. And BFBS radio programming in Nepal. Recent news items inform us that the Himalayan country of Nepal has undergone another disastrous earthquake. This time at a magnitude of 56 significant damage and several deaths were reported in the quake which struck a sparsely populated area of far western nepal in november 2022 here's ray robinson now with the current radio scene in nepal
1: thanks jeff the tremors lasted about 10 seconds which can seem like a very long time i know i've been through it and they were felt as far distant as delhi in india Government agencies in Nepal conducted a search and rescue operation in the isolated area where regular communications are not readily available. The most disastrous earthquake ever to hit Nepal occurred seven years ago in 2015 at a magnitude of 7.8, and that one resulted in massive damage and the death of at least 9,000 people. The current radio scene in Nepal indicates that the most significant form of radio coverage there is achieved by more than 500 FM stations, government-owned, commercial and community stations, programmings on the air in a multitude of local and regional languages, and also in English, Hindi and Urdu for wide area coverage. Off-air relays in several languages from the BBC in London are also heard on some FM stations. For a few years, beginning back in 2007, a commercial company known in English as Antenna Foundation Nepal operated a small mobile FM station under the title Radio Doko. This low-powered mobile station with an output of just 30 watts provided its own generator power and it was usually deployed for one week at a time for special local events and emergencies. In addition to the multitude of FM stations throughout the landlocked mountainous country, Radio Nepal is still operating a network of six medium-wave stations, mostly at 100 kilowatts each, providing nationwide coverage. These stations are located as follows. There are 100 kilowatt stations at Kathmandu on 792 kHz, Surkhet on 576 kHz, Dankuta on 648 kHz, and Pokhara on 684 kHz and then there are two 10 kW stations at Dipayal on 810 kHz and Bardibas on 1143
2: kHz <laughs>
3: Radio Nepal no longer broadcasts
1: its programming from any of the previously operated shortwave stations. However, back in April 2001 ORF in Vienna, Austria carried a relay on shortwave on behalf of the Nepali community in London, England. Four times each week, Radio Everest was on the air with an hour-long broadcast in the Nepali language, for which QSL cards were issued. ORF at Musbrun carried this relay broadcast with 100 kW on 7.235 kHz. However, in January of the following year, 2002, the special relay broadcast came to an end due to lack of funding. Now, our editor-in-chief, Adrian Peterson, has a couple of anecdotes related to Nepal that he'd like to relate. The first concerns Aramco Radio in Saudi Arabia. The earliest beginnings for Aramco Radio in Dahran, Saudi Arabia can be traced back to the late 1930s, when the Arabian-American Oil Company played music over a set of loudspeakers that were installed at a company swimming pool. The Arabian-American Oil Company was established in 1933, and with its exponential growth, it has become the largest and most valuable commercial company in the world. Aramco Radio and TV was established at Dahran in Saudi Arabia in 1957 for the benefit of foreign personnel serving the Arabian-American Oil Company. Initially, there was just one radio programme stream on one transmitter, a small medium-wave unit. Programming consisted of unannounced recorded music, with two news bulletins each day. The style of programming from Aramco Radio appealed not only to the foreign staff, but also to the local citizens living nearby – Quite soon, the stream of programming was increased to three separate channels, together with a network of small, low-powered, medium-wave and FM transmitters at three different locations – Dahran, Abkake and Ras Tanura. The three program channels played non-stop and unannounced music. It was classic, popular and jazz. The first listing in the World Radio TV handbook for Aramco Radio is found in the volume for 1972 and it has been shown in every subsequent issue. The use of medium wave was dropped in 1984 and all programming at the three different locations is these days on FM only. Currently, Aramco Radio provides six different program streams via six FM channels, and in addition to the music, they also provide feature programs and educational information. They state that they have a daily audience of one million people.
0: This is Energy Radio 1,
4: on 91.4 and on the Energy Radio KSA app. Saudi's number one hit music station. It's my station. This is Energy Radio 1, powered by Aramco.
1: Now on October the 20th, 1978, Adrian was on a passenger flight from Delhi in India to Kathmandu in Nepal, and quite by chance his seat companion happened to be an Englishwoman under transfer. She'd just completed her term of service as an announcer on Aramco Radio in Saudi Arabia, and she was under transfer as a diplomatic secretary to the British Embassy in Kathmandu, Nepal. This female diplomat stated that Aramco Radio was indeed on the air, and that at that time they radiated three different channels of programming. And then two years later, on March 23rd, 1980, Adrian was on another international flight, this time from Bombay in India to the United States via Frankfurt in Germany. During the dark hours of the night, the captain invited Adrian onto the flight deck (laughs) – can you imagine that these days? – and he gave Adrian the use of one of the plane's radio receivers. While flying over the appropriate area of the Middle East, he performed a medium-wave dial search for all the medium-wave channels of Aramco radio as listed in the WRTH he found nothing, not on medium wave and not on FM either. With little else to do during that lengthy flight sector, the entire flight crew also made their own medium wave band scan in the search for Aramco radio or medium wave, and they came to the same conclusion. They found nothing. However, after several hours of sleep in the passenger cabin, Adrian was invited back onto the flight deck around daybreak. By that time, the plane was flying high over the edge of the Mediterranean. He was given a splendid view of the entire eastern Mediterranean coastline from Turkey in the north down to Egypt in the south, with the Turkish Mount Ararat to the northeast. He performed another dial search on the same radio receiver, hoping to hear three American-operated AFRTS stations on the ground below. Just one of the stations was successfully logged, and that was AFRTS Adana, loud and clear with 10 watts on 1590 kHz on the central southern coast of Turkey. A subsequent reception report was posted off to the station, and a self-prepared QSL card was duly received. That card, with full QSL details, verified AFRTS Adana, with just 10 watts on 1590 kHz. And interestingly, the wavelength was shown on the card as sixty-one thousand eight hundred and eighty-six point seven nine two feet, which is actually a mistake in calculation. By moving the decimal place two positions to the left, making it six one eight point nine feet, the equivalent is indeed one eight eight point six meters, or fifteen ninety kHz. We should also remember that the British established a radio service in Nepal for the benefit of local army personnel. The British army first set up a transition camp at Daran in East Nepal in 1953, and a few years later they began radio programming for the encampment which consisted of music and information in English and also in the Nepali language. Back in that era, while Adrian was taking the flight from India to Nepal, the International Radio World was speculating that the radio service was on the air, perhaps on medium wave. He asked his English flight companion if she knew anything about the radio service at the Dharan army encampments. She said she didn't know, but she said she'd find out and let him know. Well, in due course, Adrian received a communication from her and she stated that the radio service in the army camp was produced in a radio studio but it was broadcast to the entire encampment via a loudspeaker system not over a radio transmitter. Today, that might be called a form of cable radio. However, in 2004, the British Army did establish an FM radio service in the national capital Kathmandu which is still on the air to this day with two channels. The first BFBS transmitter operates on 105.7 MHz carrying English-language programming. And the second transmitter on 107.5 MHz carries programming in the Nepali language.
2: BFBS Kulka Radio
0: Gorkha Veterans Advice Centre,
1: Zivak
2: Zivak, Zivak. Purva Ka Pura ne, yote Thalo Zivak Back to
1: you, Jeff.
0: Thank you, Ray Robinson, at KVOH in Los Angeles. Mr. Arun Kumar Narasimhan in Chennai, India, is producing and presenting a program called DXers Diary, a five-minute weekly DX program in the DRM broadcast every Sunday from shortwave station KTWR Guam, on 15205 kilohertz beginning at 1500 utc he began this dx venture two years ago on january 3rd 2021 the dxers diary program is now also being broadcast every wednesday on 11965 kilohertz from 1101 utc as part of the southeast asia program block from ktwr You can also listen to the program on 9965 kHz from 1430 UTC every Wednesday. Those who are unable to tune in the DRM broadcast can now listen to the program on analog shortwave. This program is designed to make it easy for listeners to contribute to the advancement of the DX hobby. In the program, he broadcasts listeners' logs, band scans sent from listeners across the world, information about Sunspot numbers, the SFI forecast and the A index, as well as news and frequency changes by various radio stations around the world. Listeners can send their band scans, shortwave radio logs, reception reports, views and opinions about the program to Diary at gmail.com. And here's a brief excerpt from a recent edition of DXers Diary.
3: Hi and hello. Welcome to DXS Diary, the 5-minute weekly radio show produced and presented for Transworld Radio by your friend Arun Kumar Narasimhan from Chennai in India. This program is broadcast every Sunday in 15200 kHz in the 19-meter band from 1028 hours coordinated universal time through the transmitters of KTWR in Agana, Guam. We have designed this show in such a way that it would be useful for all listeners. Irrespective of their experience or knowledge about DXing, shortwave radio listening, or medium radio radio listening. From the first show, we have made it a point that information provided in this show should reach all listeners. Hence, we provide technical and non-technical information about radio broadcasting and listening. Friends, the time has come to say bye-bye to all of you, and as usual, we request you to send your reception reports, listeners' logs, and band scans. DX's diary at gmail.com. I repeat, it's DXERSDIARY at gmail.com. Until next week, this is your friend Arunko Manasiman signing off. 73. Bye bye.
0: That was an excerpt from DXers diary on KTWR. In Guam. And again, the schedule of the program from KTWR is Sunday 1500 UTC on 15205 kHz, Wednesday 1101 UTC on 11965 kHz, and Wednesday 1430 UTC on 9965 kHz. Mr. Arun Kumar Narasimhan, we are pleased to hear about your shortwave DX venture on KTWR, and we wish you every success in this new year 2023 as you continue to serve the international radio community with your shortwave information. Recently, we played the first part of a presentation by the late Jerry Plummer, former frequency manager of WWCR and the Caribbean Beacon, about the American evangelist Dr. Gene Scott and his relationship with with WWCR and eventually the Caribbean Beacon. Today, part two. To make a long
4: story just a bit longer and to get to this point, uh, during that interim while the uh, second transmitter was being built by Continental and being delivered to, to WWCR, Dr. Scott said, You know, I really love this shortwave idea. This is great. And I hate. Uh, My American AM stations, because i got to deal with the FCC, I want a station where I don't have to deal with anybody. That's when he went to Anguilla, and I'll show you its location here in a minute. And that's where he decided that he was going to buy the existing AM and FM there and build a shortwave, uh, another Continental 418 that he had had bought. To cut through the chase on it, I want to tell you what I believe actually happened uh, during that whole time period. And, again, most of the people that were involved in it then are now gone or not accessible. or This is a picture of Anguilla. This is looking out from the station. I'm trying to give you kind of an idea of where everything was because the whole history of it is the whole reason why WWCR has that transmitter now because of that. But you can see it's, it's a poor country. It's a very poor country. One side of it has a um, very expensive hotel on it that costs thousands of six seven hundred a night, and uh, inside that hotel, oh, it's one of the most lush, expensive places as there is. But you step twenty foot outside of it, and it's a uh, average income of about oh maybe six hundred bucks a year. Uh, Lauren's been to a lot of places like that before Where the income drops down to nothing Outside of where the big money goes through uh, Just a picture of uh, the water there Just to kind of give you an idea what it, what it sort of looks like And where it's located You can see from Miami down past Cuba It's one of those many little islands That's over there It's I think 23 miles long And about 6 miles wide maybe Not much to it. Um, There's an airport, if you will, but not much. You typically fly into San Martin and then take a boat. It takes 35 minutes on the boat. A little boat holds about 10 people. And that's how you get to the island, you know, and it runs twice a day. So you get it or you don't get it. But just sort of a picture so you can see where it was. And he was beaming it, aiming back at the U.S. So it's pretty good, pretty good shot there with a, uh, a 418E and a decent uh, uh, set of towers. So it, it was working pretty good. And simultaneously, WWCR's transmitter, too, came on the air, and it started broadcasting 24-7. It was aiming this way. It was aiming more toward Europe. So he was getting coverage all the way through the U.S., and then he was getting coverage from WWCR all the way into uh, into Europe and down in the top part of Africa. And, of course, even though uh, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit uh, about the 1989 ruling, you can't broadcast, if I understand it correctly, you can't broadcast to the states. You have to broadcast away from the states. And we all know that, right? But there's an antipodal. There's a backside of the uh, antenna that also throws out stuff, so... You're going to get America one way or another. You can't really stop that. You know the main one, main thrust is of course, out there. But you can see where it was located, and his idea made sense. Uh, this is a little drawing, a drawing of what the building was like. I was down there two years, two years or almost three years ago, uh, trying to help solve what piece I'm coming up with. But it was really a, a pretty nice, nice place uh, that they had. This is an overall view of where it was. You can see the two center buildings. That was the main building I just showed you, and then the transmitter building behind there. This is all just located. The water is just a little bit over this way, and maybe a mile or so this way. But the problem is, and it will lead to where I'm going, is it's kind of the center of the island. And already there were rumors or problems with people saying the radiation effect was was killing people. They heard that from some of the earlier days, and that's a thread that would wind its way through to the very end. But being located central like that, the waves definitely did um, have a chance to emanate that way. Even though the BBC did a test. Uh, let me show you this is I I was telling you that you fly into San Martin right this is what it looks like flying in if any of you guys have ever seen that before you know I've been I've been on that flight too yeah yeah you guys have been there right you know and I mean every time you look and like 10 foot below you there's all these people you know it's it's unbelievable the flight pattern you know and they warned me about it. They said, it's it's going to be a sort of tight fit, you know. And it is. It's a very tight fit, you know. And, of course, you know, the sound is unbelievable down there. It's, uh, but that's that's how you fly into San Martin. And then once you get there and uh, check into the, you know, San Martin airport, Then they take you to where the boat is. It's a boat, kind of like what we'd call a party barge, I guess. You know, a little bit larger than a party barge, holds maybe eight or ten people, and it goes on a 17-mile, 35-minute trip to the island, Uh, and that's how you get there. Uh, If you wanted to fly into the island, it'd have to be on a you know very small plane, you know that uh, would seat maybe ten or less,
0: something like that. That was Jerry Plummer, who served as Frequency Manager of WWCR and the Caribbean Beacon, speaking at the 2022 meeting of the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters in Washington, D.C. Jerry's untimely passing occurred just eight days after that meeting ended, and eight days after being elected the new president of the NESB. And we end today's edition of Wave Scan with music from the BFBS Gurkha service. Thanks for listening to Wave Scan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week on the program, Samoa, earthquakes, and the local radio scene, and our Australian DX report. Wayscan is heard weekly on KSDA in Guam, AWR relays in various locations, WRMI in Florida, WWCR in Tennessee, KVOH in Los Angeles, Voice of Hope Africa in Zambia, and IRRS Italy. Said reception reports directly to the station you're listening to. Reports for KSDA and AWR sites should go to QSL at AWR.com o r g Other correspondence, not reception reports, can be sent to wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone.
2: परखित मां धान को हो तस्वीरें को तस्वीरें Uh but कान फुट छा खाबर ना पाऊं tomala kasle ko gun sira satma <laughs>